I miss you guys. It's been a while, yeah? It's been a couple weeks. I miss you guys. and just, just glad to be back home to preach to my Holy Martyr's family. So here we are again as we dive into the Gospels, as we dive into these great two parables that Jesus gives us. He gives us these great, great parables to show us what it means to pray. To pray without hope, yeah? That's what's done. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel, Jesus gives us these two parables. I want to first kind of dissect each of them, but mostly we'll dissect the later one. The one of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying in the temple. The first one is about the widow, right? The widow who goes, whose widows are basically these, right? If we don't know there are English terms. Widows are people who have been left without a spouse. Their spouse either died or has left them, whatever it might be. And so here's this widow who has been taken advantage. She has no one to care for her. And she has, she's made a lot of enemies. Enemies who have treated her unrighteously. And she goes before the court. She goes before the judge. And the judge too has treated her unjustly. And so what does the widow do? The widow, through persistence, through continuing to bother her, every day will knock on the door of the judge. And will continue to annoy him. Continue to annoy him until it is that she is vindicated or that she's given the right justice that she deserves. And here is this judge, Jesus tells us, who doesn't care about other people, who really doesn't care about God, doesn't really care about much, just kind of seeking to serve himself. And yet he rules in her favor, he rules justly in her favor, because he says to himself, listen, if I don't rule in her favor, she's going to come down each and every day. And she's going to bother me more and more. I will give her what she wants just because of her persistence. God says, now compare this unjust judge to the just judge of the Father. To the Father who we should place more hope in because he's more willing to give you what it is that you want simply because of the fact that he loves you. That he is your Father. And this is the beauty behind it. Jesus says, never lose hope in prayer. Never lose hope in prayer, but be persistent. St. Augustine says that sometimes God doesn't give you what you want out of prayer because He wants your heart to be stretched out. He wants your desire to be stretched even further. And He really wants you to have to kind of really realize what it is that you're asking for. And sometimes what you're asking for in prayer shouldn't be what it is that you get. Because God's will is different. And we shouldn't lose hope in what it is that God gives us because God gives us everything correctly in due time. Somehow throughout our lives, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be sufferings, there's going to be these things in life. But what matters is that we follow the will of God in all things, and that's where we find our true happiness. So here's this first parable. Where God is telling us, Jesus is telling us, that we go to God the Father in persistent prayer. We don't stop praying about what it is that we need. We don't lose hope in these things. The second the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. It's a strange parable, but it's a parable that God compares the prayers of the two, yeah? Now, in the second strange story Jesus gives us, here is this Pharisee. Remember, the Pharisees were part of the religious elite, and they were the ones who basically tried to instruct everyone in the faith, and they tried to say, hey, listen, this is how Judaism should go, this is how religion should go. And so here's this Pharisee who's praying on the temple, and we notice his prayer. The Pharisee lists off in his prayer why it is that he is so great, why it is that he's so awesome. He's like, Lord, I pray, I fast. I not only fast, but I fast twice a week. 
the righteous Jews only meant to fast once a year. And yet here he is, going above and beyond, he fasts twice a week. And I give alms, I give my money, my donations to the temple, whenever it needs it. Here I am, look how great I am. Lord God, I'm not like these other ones who are, who are sinners, who try to come to you, who he thinks their prayer is not being heard. I'm not like these other ones. And thank God I am not like these other ones. Thank God I am the way I am. This man in the eyes of God does everything right, or so he thinks. And yet, here is the prayer of the tax collector, who doesn't even lift up his eyes towards God. Doesn't lift up his eyes towards God because he says to himself, as he beats his breast, he says, I am not worthy. Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I realize I am a sinner. I know I am a sinner. Because I know I am a sinner, I know that I need your forgiveness. But notice how it is that he talks to God. He doesn't speak to God in this formal prayer, right? And there's nothing wrong with formal prayers, nothing wrong with these prayers of the church, things that, these formal prayers, these pious languages, whatever it might be, nothing wrong with it. But he speaks to God as if he is a friend. He speaks to God as if he is a friend, and that is the way we should be looking at prayer. You see, the tax collector, he leaves and he realizes how much it is that he sinned, who he really is in the eyes of God, and he walks away with that knowledge. But he asks God as if he is a friend, he talks to God as if he is a friend. So the fault of the Pharisee is that it's all self-centered. He's not doing it for God, he's not doing it for those he loves, even God is on the outside of his prayer. He's doing it to show how great he is. And he loves himself and only himself. My brothers and sisters, I want to focus today on prayer. Yeah? I want to focus today on prayer. A lot of times we always kind of, we kind of gloss over prayer. We just kind of think of prayer as, you know, the way it is. We taught when we grew up. You know, we say Hail Marys until we fall asleep. Or we say Hail Marys until we get bored or whatever it might be, right? And we always think of prayer as kind of this very formal thing. This thing that we have to just kind of be always respectful. And there's like an organized way of doing it. And all these things, whatever, whatever. It gets muddled. The idea of prayer nowadays gets muddled, but I want us to focus on prayer, especially as it's found in today's parable. So what is prayer? There's a very interesting uh, study done, maybe uh, I think about 10 years ago or so, and they found that everybody prays. Whether or not you have a religion or not, even atheists pray. Sometimes they don't know what they're praying to, but they pray. And so I think humanity in general, humans, can be described as that animal that's always praying. For some reason, we want to see something beyond ourselves. For some reason, we see something beyond ourselves. We see this world is much bigger than just us. And we pray. We direct it towards something. For the atheists, they don't know what they're directing towards, but they know there's something out there. For us Catholics who know the truth, the way, and the life, we know what we're directing our prayers to. But sometimes, again, we have to focus on our minds. What is prayer? Prayer, there's a, a very early uh, saint, probably the first 200 years of Christianity, after the death of Jesus, who says that prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God. I like it, but it sounds way too one-sided. Prayer is the raising of the heart and mind to God. What I mean by one-sided is this. Prayer can't just be me saying these words to God and me self-focusing on my words, and it's not just me and my searching for God. It's not. Maybe other religions, maybe other philosophies, but not Christianity. Christianity is not just me and my own effort to get to God. 
Christianity is God's effort to come to me. God who is seeking me. That is what I want you to understand about prayer. That the biblical God, the God we find in the Bible, does not rest until we are all in His arms. Does not rest until we are, we are all in heaven. Does not rest until we know His love. That is the God of Christianity. That is what we're searching for. And that is the God who searches for us. That Father who's constantly searching for us. Right? And so first off, prayer has to be this realization that God is searching for us. And then prayer becomes a conversation. Prayer becomes natural. Prayer just kind of becomes something that just comes naturally to us because we know that we have a friend in God and that we know we can talk to Him in that way. And so with this realization that prayer is conversation, I want us to go into a few ways in which we can pray deep. First off, when it is, uh, there was a great uh, spiritual writer who was asked, how do we grow in prayer? The first thing he says is you take the time. Take the time to pray. Take the time to find silence. Dedicate certain por portion of your day and dedicate that portion to God. Whatever it might be. Whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night, whether it's going on your way to work and you're all stuck in traffic on Mount Road, whatever it might be, right? Whatever it might be when you're stuck in traffic, find that silence, turn off the radio and spend it with God. Whatever it might be, take that time in silence, right? Our life becomes very complicated and very busy and sometimes we can't really find that time for God because we think we're just too busy to even really pray, to even really do much. We're busy with many things. And we busy ourselves with many things that don't quite make sense. I need you to find that time in your life in which you can just sit down and say, Lord, I dedicate this time to you. I want to spend it with you. Do a few Hail Marys. Concentrate on that silence and really concentrate on the unbusiness of the world, but on the silence, right? Don't busy yourselves with many things, but find that silence. Second, to pray with God is to speak with honesty. This is what we talked about earlier. To pray with God is to speak with honesty. You have to be open and honest with the way in which you speak to God. Be open and honest. Don't hide behind fancy words. Sometimes we even want to present ourselves to God and say, God, here's what's going on in my life. It's all nice and perfect and it's hidden behind formal, formal language, right? We're very formal in our relationship. We kind of say our Hail Marys, our fathers, then we just kind of say, here's what I want, and we're done. It's not what prayer is. Prayer can't be that. Imagine if wives and husbands talked to each other but didn't really talk to each other about what's going on in their heart. You're not talking about what's bothering you. Imagine if friends don't really reveal their heart to one another. You don't say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what's happy in my life. This is what kind of is, is kind of terrifying me at the moment. If you don't reveal your heart to one another, I promise you, you won't grow and it's not really a friendship. If we don't look at our relationship with God in the same way, you're not going to grow. You're not going to get anywhere. And when I say that you need to be honest and open with God in every way imaginable, I mean just that. Speak with God about your guilt. Speak with God about your sins. Speak about with God why it is that you're confused. Speak about why it is that you're angry, you're sad, you're joyful, you're happy. Speak about all these things. There's the, uh, the middle part of the Old Testament called the Psalms. There's about 150 of them. And in these Psalms, which are ancient prayers of the Jews, that, by the way, the church still prays. It's a good portion of the Mass is from the Psalms. Jesus himself used to pray the Psalms. A good portion of the Psalms talk about every human feeling that you can imagine. 
Everything. Nothing is held back. Lord God, look how happy I am because you've risen me above my enemies. Lord God, I'm very angry with you because you've abandoned me. Lord God, I'm very sad because I can't find you. Be honest. Be open. There's a famous story of, a, of one day a woman who her husband was very sick and she took him to a Catholic hospital and for months and months she saw her husband suffer. She saw him suffer and she found that she was just abandoned and she didn't know what else to do. And so one day she went out and being, you know, being a Catholic hospital, there was a statue of Mary out front. And out of her anger, out of what it is that she didn't know, she started grabbing dirt and throwing it at the statue of Mary. And security was like, what's going on? We're going to go over there and kind of hold her back, right? We're going to you know, tell her to stop it. But there was a nun there who took care of the spiritual needs of the people, and she told him, stop. Stop. She's praying. This is how she's praying. She's showing how it is that she's upset with God, but yet she is a faithful woman. She wants nothing more than to love God. She wants nothing more than to have that faith, but she's showing her frustration. And when we read the Psalms, we see the frustration. We can relate. Sometimes we're angry with God. That's okay. Be honest with God. I'm not saying go to your statue when you're angry and throw, don't, don't disrespect Mary, right? Don't respect Mother Mary. But what I'm saying is that in this story, what I want you to understand is be honest with God in all things. When you're happy, tell Him how you're happy. When you're sad, tell Him how you're sad. When you're angry, tell Him why you're angry. Don't hold anything back. Don't put on a mask. Don't say, God, don't say, God, you know, I'm going to put on this mask. But in reality, He knows what's going on in your heart. If He knows what's going on in your heart, it's worthless to keep it hidden from Him. But tell Him what's going on. My brothers and sisters, the last thing. After we've given this time in silence to pray with God, after we've been very honest and open with Him, what naturally follows is to listen to Him. To listen to God. And what this means at the end of the day is not just, you know, kind of like uh, God's going to speak to me, whatever it might be. God doesn't normally always speak to us directly. Famous story is the story of Mother Teresa, who she heard for the first time God's voice in her heart telling her to take care of the poor, and then she never heard it again until the day she died. Never heard it again. God speaks to us through prayer. And most of the time He doesn't speak to us by the way in which we read Scripture, by the way in which we read these devotional items that we always read. And He's going to speak to us in the silence of our hearts. Silence is key. Silence must be done. Only in silence will He speak to us, and that is how we have to focus. One book that I absolutely love, especially for people who are just starting off, is of course the Scriptures, the Bible, right? Bible is key and foremost, because that's how God speaks to us. But also is this little red book called My Daily Bread. I love it. If you know me, if you come to me you know, in the past for confession, things like that, I would have given it to you. If you can't find this book, let me know. I'll find it for you. I'll get it for you. I think we should have some in the gift shop, whatever it might be. It's like five bucks. It's worth it. Each and every day there are meditations, and it's as if God the Father is speaking to you, telling you how much it is that He loves you. And afterwards, it's followed by a meditation. It's how we can learn to grow in silence each day. My daily bread. My daily bread. God provides for us. God really does provide for us. But unless we sit in that silence of our hearts, we'll let it pass by. Let your prayer be a conversation. Let your prayer be a conversation between you and a good friend, and you realize how much it is that God loves you. Amen?